Hello and welcome back to the Fire on the Mountain podcast. Again, my name is Father David Dodd. I want to thank all those who who have uh, decided to follow me here on Spotify. And I'm working on getting this uh, podcast um, onto other platforms such as uh, iTunes and Apple Music. So uh, please be patient with that and uh, spread the word about this podcast, especially if it's something that is helping you in your spiritual life. You know, the reason why I wanted to create this podcast is, you know, for many, many years, for about five years, I had people saying like, Father, you, you need to create a podcast. Like you have a, a gift for communicating, you have a gift for teaching. And um, because I usually am very stubborn about those things, um, I was like, ah, I don't really have the time and I'm not really sure if I want to. Well, now not only have I have that desire to do so, but now I, I do have more time. And so I'm very grateful for that um, because, you know, I've, I've come to recognize that even like those, those words that I just shared, you know, we've been talking about being open to hearing from God and realizing I've realized so many times in my life that God has been speaking to me more, more than I care to admit. And many times I say no to him, or many times I'm like Moses. I'm like, ah, oh, well, who am I to like say this thing or, or do this thing? Um, and so this is part of the, the podcast is my own growth and, and trying to be bold in the spirits, uh, so as to bring about that fire and that renewal. And, um, and so today I want to just offer some reflections on, on the gospel, uh, for today and I'll read it and I invite you, you know, if you're in the car, maybe to, to slow down or, you know, if there's a place where you can quietly kind of listen to, to the, to the gospel as I read it. And as I read it, you know, one of the ways that the church teaches us how to hear God speaking is that oftentimes a word or a phrase will be highlighted for us when scripture is read, because it is the word of God. It's not just the word of God for 2000 years ago. It's the word of God today, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So God spoke in the past. He spoke when he sent his son and he continues to speak to us now especially through his word. And so as I read this, I invite you to pay attention to what's a word or a phrase or an image or even a feeling that you you have. You know, this gospel, as we're going to get into it, it talks about this woman who's healed. She feels it in her body. Why? Because she, well, she anticipated it. And there, there's a principle that we'll dive into more in future podcasts. And the principle is this, is that Oftentimes, the way God speaks to us is through us. So because of the incarnation, God has a human mind. Because God became man, it means God has a human voice. God has a human face. It means that so often the way that God speaks to us is, off, is almost too familiar that we miss it because he's so close to us, because he's so intimate with us, and it's just learning to see as he sees. And so as I read this, this gospel, again, pay attention to a word or phrase and take that word or phrase to prayer and ask God about it. So one of the ways that God speaks is he speaks through parables, right? Jesus spoke through parables, through stories, not because the people were stupid, but because there's something um, timeless to the truth 
of who he is. Because if he is a God of truth who is outside of time, then the parables are not just for the people of the past, they're for us today. And they reveal how God reveals himself. And again, we can get into that more in, in future podcasts, but I've, I've kind of gave it a long introduction. So bear with me. If you're still with me, please stay with me. Um, so let's read the gospel here to get today together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 21, or chapter 6, chapter 5, I should say. Chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and begged him, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hand on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with them. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I shall be made well. And immediately the hemorrhage ceased, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone forth from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, he saw a tumult and people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a tumult and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talita kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and walked, for she was 12 years old. And immediately they were overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. So in my reflection on the gospel this morning, um, I was thinking about just imagining being in the shoes of Jairus, the synagogue official who a lot of people knew him. I guess maybe he was well known amongst the people. Maybe Jesus even knew him at some point or another. And he comes because his daughter is at the point of death. His, his little girl, his 12-year-old girl 
is on the verge of death. And, you know, on, on the surface, right, Jesus, he says, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to come with you. Like, we're, we're going to go there now. He fulfills her his request. But then we have this, this interruption, right? And um, I was just imagining Jairus in this moment. Like, he knows that the clock is ticking. Uh, he knows that time is running out. And how did he initially feel when there was this interruption of this this woman who obviously was healed praise but you know thanks be to god um but for him in that moment knowing that his his daughter was was dying did he what did he feel what did he believe about the lord what did he believe about himself in that moment you know in my own prayer and reflecting on this i wonder whether if he he was like like okay jesus like uh, we got to go like but he takes all this time with this one woman to to not only to heal her but then to to restore her identity calling her a daughter uh because some scholars say that probably at this point her own father had passed away so she was essentially an orphan and because of her condition she was isolated from family and from society and felt so alone and yet how beautiful it is that Jesus takes the time with her and I was reflecting on this in light of um, just thinking about uh, Pope St. John Paul II. Uh, may he pray for us and for this podcast. Because, um, you know, if you've been to Rome or if you've ever seen a papal gathering, you know that the Pope will go around in the Pope mobile and greet different people and, you know, kiss, kiss babies and shake hands and greet newlyweds and lay hands on the sick. And all these things and you have the security detail the guys with the earpieces and they're like all right holy father we got to keep moving and i was imagining that the disciples were, were like that they're like the security detail for for jesus they're like all right jesus we got to keep moving like like don't forget like we got to go to jairus's house this is what you wanted to do and and yet jesus takes the time he takes the time with this one person and to jairus maybe in that moment um you know maybe he felt that jesus didn't care Maybe he felt that Jesus forgot about his request. And whether or not he thought that, we think that. Right? Or just a simple thing of, you know, I remember many times being at the parish and and rushing to uh, to a sick call. And, you know, and like, you know, the traffic lights become like the enemies and everyone on the road becomes an obstacle to where I need to go. Cause it's like, okay, like I need to get there so I can anoint this person and prepare them uh, to meet the Lord or, or to be with the family. And all the other people on the road seem like an obstacle. And I wonder if Jairus experienced that. He's like, not because he doesn't care, but because in that moment he's worried, he's anxious about his daughter. And thinking about for us, how, how easy it is when we're stressed, when we're worried, when we're anxious, that the people around us may seem like an obstacle or the situations around us may seem like an obstacle. And I think one of the things that Jesus can show us today is that he's willing to be interrupted. Because maybe it's not that God doesn't speak. It's that 
we're so busy sometimes that he has to interrupt us in order to speak. As I've reflected on this, this gospel for myself and recognizing, you know, okay, if we want to be the people, kind of people who hear the voice of God, then we have to ask ourselves, what prevents us from hearing the voice of God? Because if we believe what Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. Well, then why is it that we don't hear him? I think, brothers and sisters, one of the huge obstacles for us in 2024 in this technological age is the reason we can't hear God is because we're so busy. And when we're busy, we we give in to fear. We lack trust. We start believing or, you know, we, we get anxious, right? Everything becomes at a breakneck speed. And what happens when that happens? Oftentimes we fail to love. We fail to take care of the people around us because if we're always at a breakneck speed, it's like being in a speeding car, right? And we're seeing the, the scenery pass by us in a blur. And if we're always moving at a breakneck speed, maybe we don't see clearly because we're moving too fast. Maybe we don't see God's see God's presence because it looks like a blur because we're in a speeding car. Maybe we don't hear his voice because we don't slow down to. But looking at Jesus... And how he engages people is powerful. He takes the time. And so maybe the the invitation for us today is to to see that maybe God is trying to interrupt us to get our attention. You know, I've often thought about different times where I get sick or see other people get sick. And usually what precedes that, at least for me, is I'm so busy. (laughs) I'm working at a breakneck speed. And then God's like, you can't handle this. I need to slow you down. And I wonder sometimes, this is maybe just me speaking for myself, if God allows us to catch a cold even because we're moving too fast. And when we move too fast, we become careless with the people around us. You know, when I was working in the parish, I often used to joke with people that, how was your, you know, how was it coming to mass on, on a Sunday morning, trying to get all the kids out the door and, and, you know, maybe the one kid you can't find his shoes or, you know, maybe uh, somebody's late. <laughs> and what happens when we have a deadline and we're in a hurry, we become careless, careless with our words, careless with our thoughts, careless with our actions, and then we end up saying something we regret. And so maybe the invitation, like I said today, is to slow down. Maybe one concrete way we can do that is to limit the different interruptions that we have because there's always things vying for our attention. So I'm going to give you a really concrete way to do this this week 
I did this a week during Advent and I, I will do it myself because I want to, we're in this together, is to silence the, the notifications on your phone. Sounds like a simple thing, but if you're like me, <laughs> we're all addicted to this, this rectangular box. <laughs> um, and it's often the thing that chirps, you know, the tweets to get our attention and distracts us from, from God's presence. So maybe to do that today. And then secondly, again, to reflect on how Jesus treats people in the gospel, that he takes the time, that he slows down, that he's never in a hurry. I think that's true for a lot of us. God doesn't work on our table timetable, not because he works too fast, but because we think at times he works too slow. But just like with things in nature, it takes time. It takes time to grow. It takes time to blossom and for things to come forth. So maybe that's speaking to us about how God wants to speak to us, which is slowly, patiently, deliberately. And maybe to recognize that God is far more patient with us than we are with ourselves. He is the love that is patient. He waits. He's not in a hurry. Because to be in a hurry, as I said before, we get careless. We get sloppy. But Jesus moves deliberately. He moves slowly. He takes time with people. And what's the thing we so often hear from other people? Can I have a minute of your time? Give more than a minute. Because the person that you're speaking to is a child of God. And they need to know that God takes the time for them. If we're going to be his witnesses here on earth, if we're going to represent him well, then we have to represent what he's really like which is that he is patient, that he is kind, that even our our needs are not a burden to him. That he's not in a rush. So two, I'll give you two concrete things to do this week. Number one, as I said, silence the notifications on your phone. doesn't mean that you can't look at your text messages. It just means that you'll have to go into your messages to see who texted you. Try it. But also this week, if someone says, can I have a minute of your time? Tell them, I have time for you. Tell them, I want to hear from you. Show how much they're valued in God's eyes by how much you value them by setting aside your own schedule. Again, I don't mean do this with everybody, but do it with one person. 
today or for the rest of the week. Thank you so much for joining me. God bless you. See you next time.